All right. Well, let's let's stand and we'll read once again from our text in Romans chapter number 14. Romans the 14th chapter. And we'll begin reading in verse number 17. Romans 14 verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. I don't, I don't know how well you were listening earlier when Brother J.T. was praying, but did you hear what he said? When he said, Lord, we only want this if it's glorifying to you, edifying to the body. That's not his words verbatim, but that was the sense in which he said it. Um, so, you know, hearing him say that, don't you, don't you understand he doesn't take this lightly? I don't take this lightly. Um, and it's good that you have someone else, you know, that won't take it lightly. Uh, if he did take it lightly, I probably wouldn't have asked him. Um, you know, so um, let's uh, let's let's be thankful. That's not that's not anything to puff up. As Brother Donnie was praying the last time I, we were here, you know, it's not anything to puff him up. You know, he was talking about me at the time. It's not anything to puff JT up about. And we understand, just like when we were talking about Levi this morning, this is the work of God. You know, that we desire to be here. This is the work of God that we desire to worship him. This is the work of God that we desire to honor him, glorify him, uh, praise him in song, even though, you know, we may not be able to sing very well. We feel like people are going to, you know, you shouldn't be thinking about whether people are judging you for the way your voice sounds. I mean, listen to mine sometimes up here. I appreciated Donnie saying which one's lower because that's easier for me. I don't know if that's why he said it, but but it, I think that was the lower one that we sang. Um, but... Um, you know, it's it's a uh, it's it's a blessing. You know that that we what we have here, you know, right now the group of people that we have here together, um, it's a blessing uh, to be able to come together and to fellowship and worship. You know, I look over on this side of the room for a long time. You know, it was the put you on that side of the room, put some of those on this side. For a long time, it was just family, mostly family. I mean, Brother Dean was a distant cousin, you know, and uh, there was, but now, you know, we have, the Lord sent some others into our midst, and we're very grateful, you know, for that. So, um, continue to pray. What? Who knows what the Lord might do? Yeah, we're just a little group of people. Does that matter? No, doesn't matter. David stepped on the battlefield against Goliath. All the rest of the army of Israel wouldn't do that. Uh, but David did. Um, you know, little is much. We sing that sometimes, don't we? When God is in it. Where, where does that kind of come from in Scripture? Hmm? Well, just a verse. You know. we, have, we have anything that kind of supports that? I mean, we're just going to sing that hymn, or we have anything that supports it? You know, little, think about the word little, despise not the day of what? Of small things. Yeah. And there's other places that we could go, of course, but... But despise not the day of small things. Well, we're a small group of people. 
the, 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 the tile setter that was at the house last night. He said, we go to a small church. We had some, we had some good fellowship with them. You know, not a, a, when he, he was trying to work, so I didn't want to disrupt him from doing that because he didn't get to leave till after 9 o'clock last night. But, but, um, and that was even after I started trying to make preparations for him, which he didn't know I was going to do. Um, but I wanted to try to get him out of there you know, quicker if I could. But he said, we go to a small church. And I said, how big? And he said, well, he said, and he kind of, you know, sheepishly, why do we need to be sheepish about that? The Lord adds to the church daily such as should be saved, right? So here he was saying, well, you know, we have maybe 40 or 50. I said, well, we got you beat. We're smaller than that, you know. He said, well, now everybody shows up, it's like 75. I said, we only have that if we have a meeting, you know, when people come from other churches, you know. Um, but we don't despise this. I mean, what a blessing uh, the Lord's given us. How many churches do you pass on the way here? And that goes for a lot of people in the room, not just Brother Jerry and Sister Linda. They drive, you know, further, but, but uh, you know, for what the Lord's done, you know, in, in our midst, it's, uh, it's a, we ought to be thankful. We ought to rejoice and that we can come to a place and we can worship and fellowship I mean, when I, I told you about that pastor, he was he was preaching, um, you know, somewhere. I don't know what town it was in, but he'd pass us every day going to the church, and he'd pass us, you know, coming back. And he would see all of our cars still out here, and he was coming through like at one. And he'd make comments to his family in the car, said somebody needs to shoot that guy. He's still preaching. <laughs> well, one day his curiosity got the best of him. He actually stopped. And he opened the door, and we were all sitting back there eating, and he was like, oh. And I said, yeah, we sit back here, and we, you know, until everybody's ready to go. You know, some days that's a short day, and some days it's a longer day. We could be here till 2.30 or 3. Um, now, we don't want to brag or boast in that, but, you know, that's just what the Lord's done. I mean, I didn't design that. I didn't think that that was a good plan for the ministry here. The Lord, that just, the Lord did that. It started out, we had, we had lunch with a family that was coming here from a long distance, and we knew they had to travel a, a, a long way, so we would feed them lunch. And then other people were like, well, can we come too? And so we had more than, you know, so we moved it over here, and it got to be bigger and bigger, you know, but uh, we're thankful for that. Did you invite him? Who's that? Oh, oh he could have stayed and eat, sure. I don't, I don't remember the com- whole conversation, brother. But he, that was when he told me that he thought I was preaching that whole time and somebody needed to shoot me, you know, so... <laughs> Should have invited him. Yeah, seemed like he had his own his own thing <laughs> going on. But but yeah, well, let's um, let's go to Lord in prayer. Brother Donnie, would you pray for us? Hmm. Yes. There are lots of uh, struggles in the flesh and with health, but we would ask more importantly that you keep our spirit healthy. 
Amen. Maybe seated. So the the subject, the topic of our discussion in these last um, couple of messages has been the kingdom of God. Now that is that is a phrase certainly that is found um, throughout the Scripture. Um, it is it is something the Lord spoke much about during His earthly ministry. So, the kingdom of God, let's start out with this statement, the kingdom of God must be our controlling thought. And what do I mean by that? Well, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, what the Lord said when he says, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, that, that needs to be the controlling thought here. And as you filter that through what we have in Romans 14, then it goes back to the weaker, stronger, right? The weaker brother, the stronger brother, or weaker brother, weaker sister, stronger sister, you know, in a sense that, you know, why are they doing what they're doing? We're told to receive them in the very beginning of the chapter. Um, the Lord's received them. So what we're, what we're wanting to understand in that is the controlling thought in this weaker who can't do, and the stronger who does, and the weaker who says, well, the stronger's taking too much liberty, and the stronger looks at the weaker and says, you're too restrained. You know, the controlling thought here is, why are they doing what they're doing? Are they, are they not doing to the glory of God? Are they doing to the glory of God? Here's the kingdom thought. You know, here's the controlling thought, you know, within, you know, that process of, of, of sifting through, you know, these things here that, like we said, are secondary issues. You know, these aren't primary things. These aren't things that the Scripture says, thou shalt or thou shalt not. You know, these are, these are secondary matters. So the kingdom must be our controlling thought. If someone does something that you don't do, why do they do it? You know? Are, are, you, are you going to, you know, berate them for doing something that you don't do when they're doing that thing as unto, you know, as, as unto the Lord? You know, that, that's, that, how's the Lord going to look on that? You know, the way that we feel about that situation or that circumstance or that thing that they do that we don't do, you know. So this is the thing that, that Paul's dealing with. You know, doesn't, doesn't that fit? You know, don't, don't you, can you see, you know, what Paul's talking about here when he's talking about the kingdom of God? It's not meat and drink. It's righteousness. It's peace. It's joy uh, in the Holy Ghost. We're citizens of this kingdom, right? Amen. Yeah, we're citizens of this kingdom. We're fellow citizens. Adopted, yeah. Yeah, we are, we are, one's not above the other, Right? I mean, I've told you before my my outlook as far as standing here. I'm I'm here to wash the feet of the saints. That's what I'm seeking to do. 
I'm seeking to stir you up and put you in remembrance, you know, the things that the Lord has said to you. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a servant of the church. I'm not setting myself above, you know, anybody else, you know, uh, in, in that regard. Uh, you know, we, the, the, the ground at the cross, you've heard it said before, right? It's a level, right? You know, it's, it's a level. We've all, Brother, Brother Johnny Garter says, <clears throat> you know, we're just all lumps of dirt. You, you put us in the bag and shake us up and dump us out. We're still the same clods of dirt then that went in there. You know, we're, you know, we're, 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 we're flesh and, and, and blood in a, in a, in a sense. And, you know, we've been redeemed, you know. Uh, we're regenerated, you know. But, but um, and, you know, we don't, we don't set ourselves above, you know, someone. We can come alongside and say, well, well brother, I think, you know, this thing that you're doing, you, you don't really need to do it that way. You can do it this way. But they may not be convinced. You know, what do we bring into, what do we bring into the conversation at that point? The conscience. You know, if, if Brother Donnie's conscience is bound to something, it's wrong for him to go against his conscience. I mean, unless I can show him from God's word that he has some liberty where he doesn't think he has liberty, or if it's the opposite of that, brother, you need some constraint here, you know. Um, you know, that's, that's a discussion that we can have, but, but uh, we're not to lord over. We're not like, you know, the, right? Know what the Lord says? You know, we're not like those who, who lord it over, you know, the, the, the Gentiles. So uh, we're, we're fellow adopted children, you know, in, in the kingdom. Um, but like I said, our Lord spoke much about the kingdom of God. He commanded that we should seek it first in all things. If there's any tension... Can there be tension between us? There can be, can't there? Should there be tension between us? I mean, there can be tension between me and this woman right here. You know? You know? There shouldn't be. There can be tension, tension between me and her mom. Because of the way that she treats me. I'm joking. <laughs> there could be tension between me and my mom. And me and my dad. Me and my brother. Me and my aunt, me and my children, um, you know, me and you, you know, there could be tension. It's possible. You know, we're one conversation away from there being some kind of discord or disunity. Um, there can be tension. There can be disagreement. There can be um, someone having an issue with something that someone else, you know, is doing. Uh, someone feels, like we said, at liberty and conscience, um, doing, and other person's constrained in conscience and not doing. Um, what are we going to seek in these things? We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Um, so it seems, as we're reading this, I mean, a whole chapter that's been devoted to these things we've been looking at, it seems here that the focus of the Roman Christians had shifted from where it ought to be. Not upon righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, but upon meat and drink, so that Paul had to say what we've read this morning. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we need to be careful as we see this happening to this church here. We can go to Revelation and we can see, you know, I believe it was Ephesus, right? You've left your first love. Focus shifted right? Focus has shifted from where they should be to somewhere else. The Galatians, oh foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? Um, as the King James 
you know, the way the King James states it, you know, here they were following after Christ and you're going to be made perfect by works. Your focus is on the wrong thing. You know, the, the works are a result of the work that has been done in you. The works are not what saves you. You know, Christ alone, um, you know, his, in, in him we have salvation. So we need to be careful that our focus does not shift to other things. So everything needs to be sifted. I tried to think about some, some different ways and different things that everybody, you know, kind of does here. I don't know, do you, you, any of you ladies still use a sifter? Sister Betty, you use sifter? You ever sift anything anymore? No? Anybody do that anymore? You still do? Do you remember that? You remember that as a kid, watching, watching your, your mom or your grandmother do that? I mean, they'd, they'd sift, use that sifter. Uh, everything needs to be sifted through. We could say viewed through. We could say measured or gauged by. We could say diagnosed by, fed by, inspected through, uh, ordered by, understood by, acted upon. What? The kingdom of God. Everything being, being brought through that, that lens or through that sifter or through whatever. You know, that feeds our understanding of how we deal with these matters like what Paul's dealing with here in Romans 14. The Lord put it this way. I mean, we're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We know the Lord said that. But he put it this way. I must be, what, about my father's business. Uh, Hey, what, what is your life? I know I say that and you're going to say a vapor because that's what Scripture says. But what is your life? It's, 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 what is it about? Um, what, is it, what does it revolve around? Um, what, is it, what is it constituted by? What makes it up? Um, you know, what, what do you live according to? Uh, well, here we're talking about things being in the realm of the kingdom. Um, According to the kingdom of God, I must be about my father's business. You know, a, a, a brother and I were, well, not my brother, but a brother in Christ, were at a conference together. And I think at the time I may have had AT&T as a, car- a carrier and he had somebody else. And we were in a very remote place. And there was a problem back home that he needed to deal with. And I had reception and he didn't. And that was back in the days when we didn't have unlimited data plans. You know, so, you know, you, and back in the days when I wouldn't, if they had had one, I wouldn't have been able to afford unlimited data plans. So, you know, minutes were precious. You only had so many of them to be able to use. And um, I just handed him my phone. And he was like, oh, brother, he said, I I, I don't want to, you know, use your minute. I said, brother, this is kingdom business. What better use to those minutes could there be, you know, than for you to use to take care of whatever this matter is? I didn't need to know what it was, but I could see that it was something serious that was going on. Um, and so here was this, uh, I can't, and here was this, yes, you can. And, and what, what, what was the thing in that situation for me, what was the thing that ended the conversation and his, and his setting up and saying, no, I can't do that, um, was me saying, this is about the kingdom, brother. Yeah. And when I said that, he took my phone and walked about 20, 30 yards away and talked to whoever it was that was having an, an issue that he needed to talk to. Um, we're not our own, are we? We don't belong to ourselves, do we? We're not our own. We are, what, bought with a price. 
What was that price? The precious blood of Christ. Here's, you think about things that can get between us, right? Here's a blood-bought child of God. Here's a blood-bought child of God. And you just go around the room and you, and you look, and, and you're going to get crossways with something that precious? You're going to misuse and abuse something that precious in God's sight? We need to be careful how we interact you know, with one another. Um, it's His kingdom, not ours. It's His kingdom. We are not even our own. We belong unto Him. We're bought with a price. So 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. That means my cell phone. That means my vehicle. That means whatever you know it may be. Um, you know, if I needed that nice leather jacket that Brother Jerry's, you know, wearing this morning and needed to borrow it because I was going outside because it's cold out there and I didn't have one and I was going to give it back, he'd let me have it. He'd say, Brother, take this. Don't, don't go out there and get, get cold. Maybe I might be changing his tire. Hmm? <laughs> Can't have it. <laughs> Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are whose? God's. They belong to Him. Yeah, you know, that, that, that hymn that Brother JT called out, if if you if you looked under the title, some of them some of them have an, another word, you know, that would be to deal with a topic, you know, perhaps. And what was under that hymn it said martyrdom. You think about something belonging to God. I mean, that's kind of the extreme end of it, isn't it? Martyrdom. Lord, it's yours. Do with me what you will. Whatever you choose to do. So we spoke last time about the kingdom of God being righteousness, stated that ours must exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. That's more than a person having, you know, that's what the scribes and Pharisees had. They, they had morals, good morals, you know. That's really all they, they had. That people say, well, they're a good person. Well, what does that mean? They're a good person. How good are they? We, we, what are we measuring by? What's your standard? You know, how, how are you coming to that conclusion? You know, are you using God's Word? You know, that's just your own opinion. you measuring them against this other person over here? This Pharisee saying, God, I think you're not like that man. I do this, I do that. Praying best with himself. You know. If they are not as righteous as the Lord Jesus Christ, they're not good. Not good. Are you as righteous as the Lord Jesus Christ? Hold on, sister. Hold on. Yeah. We're in Christ. If you are in Christ, God looks upon you. What does he see? He sees his son. He sees the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, there was an exchange at the cross, wasn't there? Our sin for his righteousness, right? So what's our standing in the sight of God? We have the righteousness of Christ, right? Huh, sister? You having trouble? You having a little trouble? Yeah? So, like I said, was there not an exchange at the cross? Did the Lord not take our sins upon himself? I mean, you have any sins left to pay for? Okay, no sins left to pay for. 
past, present, and future. The Lord, the Lord was crucified. He died upon the cross, and he has paid for every one of those sins, right? So he took that upon himself that was ours. He had no sin, right? He was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God, utterly righteous. What did he give unto us? He imputed his righteousness unto us. In your account, let's think about it as an account. You know, you had an account over here that was full of sin. We're called to be perfect, sure. Yeah. You know, we can't sin that grace may abound because we have the righteousness of Christ. That's not our heart anyway. You know, that was the argument, you know, that those who were listening to what Paul was saying, if this is true, and I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just in God's sight, well, I can just do whatever I want then, right? Well, no. God forbid. That's not the work of God. That's not the work of the Holy Spirit within, you know, us. What's, what does our heart desire? Our heart desires to do righteousness, right? You know, but again, we're, we're, we're mixing some things up here because we're talking about justification you know, and sanctification in, in some respects, but as far as justification is concerned, you can't have one without the other, right? Yeah, but as far as justification is concerned, we in God's sight are utterly, completely, totally righteous because of Christ, not because of what we do. Does that help any? Okay. It's hard. It's hard to. S- mm-hmm. Right. He became sin for us that we might become mm, the righteousness of God in Him. Right. We became, he became sin, that we might become righteousness. So I'm not just throwing that out there as my opinion. <laughs> well, it's a lot to swallow. What is man that thou art mindful of him? You know, behold, what manner of love is this, that we should be called the children of God, Right? There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. It's wonderful, marvelous. It's beyond, you know, our... But it is our peace. It is the thing that we're talking about this morning. It is our peace. Our peace is in Christ. He is the what of peace? The Prince of Peace, yes. I mean, that's one of the titles... You know, in, in, in talking about the Messiah, the Scripture mentioning the Messiah coming in the Old Testament, you know, that is one of the titles that's given, Prince of Peace. What did he bring? He brought peace. We were at enmity with God. He brought peace. He had to come in flesh. Yes. <coughs> that he might pay the death of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's dead already. Mm-hmm. So it must be brought to life by the payment of the death of sin. Right. It's cleansing. Mm-hmm. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Justification, therefore, being justified by 
peace with God. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not either. Yes. We need to make reconciliation. And we can't do that. We can't. Except yeah. through Christ. Right. Be reconciled. Mm-hmm. Be reconciled unto God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's that's a thought along the lines of what you're saying, sure. Um, you know, Christ fulfilled the law. Um the Right. Right. He became sin for became us. Sin. Right. Yeah. That we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Yeah. Right. Should broaden our hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We love him because he first loved us. Yeah. He's the first cause. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, back to Levi again this morning, right? Why did Levi follow him when the Lord said, follow me? God was the first cause. You know, prior to that, prior to that meeting, you know, there was already a work going on, you know, in Levi. Um, he may not have understood completely that work, you know, but but there was already a work taking place, you know, within him. Sure, sure, absolutely. So, yeah, it is it is a it is a statement that I knew probably would would uh, stun maybe some. You know, we we must be if you're going to enter into the kingdom. This is God's kingdom. God's holy. If you're going to enter into the kingdom, you must be as righteous, as righteous as Christ, you know. Uh, and we can only be righteous in Christ. Uh, we receive our righteousness from Christ. We have no righteousness of our own, you know. We were dead in trespasses and sins. There is none, none good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Justified by faith. God didn't sweep this thing under the rug, right? Our sins didn't just get swept under the rug. God didn't just look the other way. Um, He didn't let let us off. No, Christ paid the full penalty for our sin. That, That sin that would have kept us in hell for eternity. And that is, that right there, Sister Shelby, that is... That's that's something to think about, you know, and to consider. I mean, that the Lord suffered upon the cross for our sins, for you know, what would have would have been eternal, uh, but made that which you know here we were. We had broken God's law because Brother JT talked about love. That's that's the thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor yourself. There's that love. It's, it's following God's, keeping God's commandments. It's the, the love's in all of that there. You know, Paul gets into, you know, 1 Corinthians 13. The greatest of these is love. You know, so here's this love, you know, that we are to have towards God. And that love is saying, 
keeping the commandments, which we have broken. Yeah. 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 How do you know that you know him? Yeah. Yeah. Do you love the brethren? Do you love his word? Yeah. Yeah. First John deals with a lot of those those uh, things. Hereby we know that we know him. Yeah. Uh, is how John would word that there. But uh, absolutely. So in having said that now, let me go back and repeat what I said earlier, that our righteousness must what? Exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees. So that righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. We can't have a righteousness to exceed the scribes and Pharisees except that righteousness. And that comes to us, you know, Brother J.T. was talking about every good and perfect gift. I think you were praying that. Or were you praying that? Somebody was praying that. I think Brother J.T. was praying that. Every good and perfect gift that cometh down from above, from the Father of lights. You know, this righteousness, we would never have been able to obtain it. We'd already broken it. We already lost. We lost before we got started. Um, that we couldn't do enough good, you know, to outweigh the bad that we've done, though people look at it that way, don't they? Um, we must have a righteousness which is alien to ourselves. It's foreign to ourselves. It's outside of ourselves. It's coming from Christ. So, except your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall not enter into the kingdom of God. You know, so, so the, the righteousness the Pharisees had was, we said it before earlier today, self, right? Righteousness. We're describing their righteousness as self-righteousness. Our righteousness is not self-righteousness. Speaking of righteousness from Christ, it's coming from outside of ourselves, right? So the Pharisees had an external righteousness. That's what they had. You remember, it was the whole thing about the outside of the cup is clean, but inside it's full of corruption, right? So it was an external righteousness. Their lives were really like a facade. So... A facade, think about in terms of, of like these old metal buildings, and they'll go in and they'll take this, that styrofoam stucco type stuff, and they'll, they build this thing that makes it look like, look like the Taj Mahal. Um, you know, down there where, where uh, Delina and Cohen and, and, and Donnie, you know, used to, used to go to church there in that area, you know, down there, there's, there's a lot of that. Um, I'm thinking right there. Uh, at Oak Ridge now, uh, they they have or Shenandoah is that where it's at? Yeah, um, yeah. They've done some, I mean, big columns and things. Those aren't real, you know. There's a facade. Um, this isn't some great Roman marble, you know, column. Uh, you know, it's not some granite structure. You know, this is just a styrofoam stucco facade that, like at the insurance office where I worked, you know, for twenty years, you could take a pencil and poke it right through the wall, you know. It wasn't anything. It wasn't real stucco for sure, you know. It was nothing. Um, there was a little, little fiberglass mesh, a bunch of styrofoam, and a little bit of concrete on it, you know. Uh, somebody ran into it with a car. The car wasn't going to suffer any damage unless it got past the, the styrofoam into the structure of the building. Uh, it was the building that was going to suffer greatly. Uh, but this was the Pharisees. They, they were dressed up like one of those old buildings. They looked grand on the outside, but, but they were still the same old, uh, they were full of dead men's bones. They were still the same old metal building on the inside. Our righteousness must exceed. That's what we were, we were speaking of last week. So meat and drink are not the characteristics of the kingdom of God. Let us be careful not to lose our perspective. 
And that was one of the things we were talking about before. Do not love the world. Don't lose your perspective. We mentioned that verse earlier this morning, 1 John 2.15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's what Brother J.T. was talking about. How do we know that we love him or we know him? We love him. We love the Lord. We love his people. We love his word. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Abideth forever. So the kingdom of God is righteousness. I, I, I wanted to go back and kind of review a little bit because it's been a whole week you know, two weeks since, um, you know, we spoke upon it, right? So the kingdom of God is peace. The kingdom of God is peace. We sang that hymn, Be Still My Soul. The Lord's on thy side. There is, here's the Pharisees external, Cohen. He's looking at me intently. That's good. There's the external righteousness of the Pharisees. How much peace is that going to give somebody? Hmm? How much peace are they really going to have? Have you known people? I remember there was a guy that lived in the community told Dad, said, I wish I had the peace that you have. Dad wasn't walking around saying, I got peace like a river, I got peace like a river, I got peace like a river in my soul. He could tell there was a peace there that he did not have. People can tell there's a peace that you possess that they do not have. You know, how can you be at peace with your circumstances right now? I don't know what trouble you're going through, but in some of the worst times that you've been in, how can you be at peace? How can you be at peace with your circumstances? How can you be at peace with your problems? How can you be at peace with your trouble? How can you be at peace with your sickness? You know, whatever it may be, there is Peace within. There is peace that is internal. We have a peace within us. And like we were saying before, we, you, know, you, you, were, you were quoting the verse here. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. And I said, finish it in the Holy Ghost. Why do we have peace within? Because of the Holy Ghost, Right? We have peace within because of the Holy Ghost. So, peace in knowing that no matter what the circumstances may be, God's in control. And there's nothing greater than God. And if God's for me, what could possibly be against me? If God is greater than anything and everything, if He's all-powerful, if there's nothing that moves apart from, from, from his knowing and, and having a purpose in it, then what do I have to fear? What do I have to fear? Peace in knowing that you belong to the kingdom. Listen to Luke chapter 12, verse number 32. Fear not, little flock. Right? Anybody finish it? I get, I get to cheat because I'm looking at it, right? Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you what? What are we talking about? The kingdom. Yeah. 
It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You're His. He's your Father. It's His good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Be at peace. You know, the, the, the Lord came to the disciples after the resurrection. You know, He comes through the wall. And chairs start to scatter. And people start to get up and stumble. And the Lord says, peace, be still. So it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell all that you have and give alms. Well, if I sell everything, I might not have anything tomorrow. You know, what am I going to do about next week and next month and next year? What about my retirement savings? What about my 401k? What about, you know, all those things? He says, sell all that you have, give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning. Somebody's in need, and I got money in my pocket to be able to help them. Well, I might need that later. That's the flesh, isn't it? Stupid flesh, right? That's the flesh. The Lord says, give. He says, give, and it'll be given unto you. How will it be given? Pressed down, shaken together, above measure, right? He's able. If he sets somebody before us that he's called us to help and and we're worried about what we're going to be able to do. We don't have to worry about that. If the Lord truly has, has this in front of you, do it. Trust Him. Be at peace. Be at peace. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Be at peace. I mean, knowing, like we sang in that hymn, God, you are my God. I will trust in you and not be shaken. Right? Isn't that some of the words that we sing? He is our God. And He is God. And He is over all. And there's, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things. We can be at peace. We can be at peace. Knowing that He is who He is grants us peace within it being quickened by the Spirit, of course. I mean, you could tell somebody that God's sovereign that doesn't know the Lord. There's not going to be any peace there unless the Lord does a work. There's not going to be any peace. Yes, God's given us an understanding. We know him. And in knowing him, we know this peace that he gives unto us. A peace that passes what? Whose understanding? Uh huh. Certainly the world's, right? I mean, the world looks at us and thinks, you're a bunch of weird people. Um, you know, what you do, what you believe, what you think, how you live, um, certainly passes their understanding. Sometimes it passes our own. You know, we thinking about righteousness, this sort of righteousness. Wow. The righteousness of Christ. I have that kind of standing before God. You know, the, the love of God, what, behold, what manner of love is this? 
that we should be called the children of God? Sometimes it passes our own understanding in that way. Oh, wonder if there's... A, I've got a, a pastor friend of mine that... Um, he wrote a song, and in it, Rebecca will know who this is, but, oh, wonder of wonders that God should love me, a sinner so guilty, so vile and unclean, to love the unlovely, how can it be done? Tis only in Jesus in his blessed Son. You know, uh, it is a wonder. Uh, it, is, it, is, it is marvelous to behold, to be, to be sure, um, he spared not his own son, right? So we're talking about peace still. Yes. We're, we're still talking about peace, right? He spared not his own son. Romans 8.32 But delivered him up for us all. Somebody? What's the rest of it? And we talked about that, Sure. But think about it this way. I've presented it to you this way before. I'm still trying to stir you up too, right? Arguing from the greater to the lesser. If he gave his only begotten son, freely give us all things. Yeah. What will he withhold from you that you have need of? Nothing. If he gave his son for you, what will he withhold? Nothing. 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 What reason do we have to fear? Why why are we not at peace? Why are we not at peace? So we should say, away with doubt, away with fear, away with uncertainty, away with trouble. I think about the disciples in that boat, right? I mean, if we're going to talk about peace, I've, I've got to go there. There they are in the boat. Where's the Lord? Asleep, right? He's in the boat. He's in the boat. He's asleep. Yeah. And what's happening outside? There is a vicious storm. I mean, so much so it's coming over the side of the boat. And the disciples, who are some of them, what by profession? They know boats. They know storms. Right? They're afraid. And they go and awake the Lord. And what do they say to him? Lord, don't you care that we're about to perish? And what does the Lord do? Did he, did, he, did he not know that was happening? Was he unaware that this storm was going on outside? Was he unaware that the water was coming over the sides? Was he unaware the disciples were afraid? He knew. It was like with Lazarus. What did he do? He waited till Lazarus died, right? Before he went and raised Lazarus again from the dead. So here the Lord is waiting. Trouble comes to us, right? Something comes to disturb Donnie's peace. He might be comfortably sitting in his office. Everything, <laughs> Delina says her, everything is going well. And all of a sudden, some news comes to him that disturbs his peace. Well, these waves were disturbing the peace of the disciples, to be sure, right? And it happens to us. We can just point the finger at them. It happens to us. 
So the waves are rising above the sides of the boat, threatening to swamp the boat, to sink it. What are we going to do? Well, they, they did a good thing, didn't they? They went to the Lord. I mean, should we not do the same? But they go to the Lord, and they wake him, and they say, Master, carest not that we perish. And at that moment, the Lord arises, and he rebukes the wind, and he rebukes the waves. Yes. It says, The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Yeah. And like Donnie said, we thought they were afraid before. But now it says, I mean, can you imagine? I mean, the, the storm, the, the darkness of the sky, the, the water coming into the boat that is now has struck fear into seamen, fishermen, right? People that are familiar with this territory. And I think it kind of came up, you know, a squall just came up. They didn't go out there into it. It was there when they were out on the water. And all of that ceasing, the wind that was blowing so forcefully, the waves that were crashing upon the side of the boat, that those things just stopped. The wind vanishes. The waves vanish. It's total calm. And it says they feared exceedingly and said to one another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? That was why I was going to sing the other, I'd forgotten until now, I was going to sing the other hymn. Because in the hymn, Be Still My Soul, the hymn writer makes the statement that the wind and the waves makes the statement to us, speaking about this instance, the wind and the waves still know his voice. The winds and the waves that come into our lives still know his voice. He still is able to command, he still is able to rebuke those things, and they come to a standstill. I think about the garden, they came to arrest him. Who do you seek? We seek Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. They fall down as dead men. You know. He rules the wind and the wave, and not just the wind and the wave. Whatever you want to imagine. Whatever circumstances are happening. The things that are going on in the Cooper household right now. The things that are going on in the Jordan household right now. The things that are going on in the Eximenes household right now, or Spivey, or Lee, you know, or anybody else, you know, whatever those things are, those things obey him. He doesn't obey them. They obey him. The world talks a lot about peace, but it's like Isaiah says, they say peace, peace when there is no peace. They're not preaching the gospel. They don't know what peace is. I think about Job. Look at, if you think about wind and wave and trouble and trial and problems and persecutions and things that come into your life. Look at the loss in Job's life. 
Look at the devastation. Look at the destruction that Satan sought to wrought you know, in, 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 in Job's, on, on Job's life. On Job, really, the, the, the war he sought to wage, let me put it this way, the war he sought to wage on Job's soul is what it amounted to. It, w- it wasn't a fight for Job's possessions. I mean, those were things that he lost, right? But it wasn't a fight for Job's possessions. It was a war being waged against his contentment, his trust, and his hope in God. That's what's being waged against you. Be at peace. This kingdom, it's a kingdom of peace. We have peace with God. We need a peace with our circumstances, peace with one another. You know, this is a kingdom of peace. What reason do we have to fear? What reason do we have to worry? I think in the end, Brother Wiseman, you see this? This is an arrangement from the funeral. Sister Shelby didn't put something together and put it up here this morning. She does that sometimes. Thank you, sister, for doing that when you do it. This is from Brother Wiseman's funeral. A man who went to the grave in peace, right? Went to the grave in peace. You think about those old westerns where the guy's holding a gun, pointing at somebody and says, prepare to meet your maker. He was able to meet him in peace. Not everybody meets God in peace. It's hard to imagine somebody not meeting God in peace with the dead of their sin still at enmity with God being outside of Christ. No wonder Isaiah says, There is no peace, saith my God, for the wicked. No peace. But for you, for you that are in the Lord, there's peace. It's a kingdom of peace. Romans 5, 1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace. And this is JT mentioned this verse. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. What's the last thing? Rejoice. Where are we going after peace? Joy, right? We couldn't joy if we didn't have peace. And we couldn't have peace if we didn't have Righteousness. Yeah, exactly. Am I living in that realm, having peace with God? Do I know and possess? He's a God of peace, and peace comes from Him. The peace of God. God is God of peace. There wouldn't be a kingdom apart from this peace, right? We couldn't have made a peace treaty, could we? I mean, I think that was presented earlier in the discussion that was happening. What could we have done? How could we have made amends? How could we have been reconciled to God? Our God is a God of peace. You think about the, the, the two things we're talking about, peace and not having peace. Matthew twenty five thirty four says, Come, ye blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom, the kingdom, prepared for you from the foundation of the world the opposite of which, those who do not have righteousness, and because they don't have righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, they don't have peace with God, and therefore they can't have joy. Matthew twenty five forty one says, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. There is a, there's no peace. 
There will never will be a peace, you know, there for those. So just a little bit. We could talk a long time on peace. There's a lot more in Scripture on peace. But hopefully we've, I've stirred up some things about peace within you. Um, certainly the peace that we ought to have. And the, the joy, I mean, we, we want to tread upon, you know, what comes next. The joy we ought to have because we have such peace. I mean, we can walk through this life no matter what comes at us. We should be able to with a heart full of peace, comfort, because of the righteousness that is ours in Christ. And ought to be able to rejoice knowing that God is causing all things to work together for our good. We ought to be able to be at peace. So I wanted to read a benediction from you in closing. Hebrews 13.20 says, Now the God of peace, right? The God of peace. Where does peace come from? It comes from God. The God of peace, true peace, real peace, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Doesn't it have an impact upon how we live among one another, among those in the world, because we are at peace. We know peace. We have peace from God. It makes a tremendous difference on how you lay your head down on your pillow at night. Right? I mean, a person doesn't have peace, toss and turn, you know, wonder what's going to happen tomorrow, how in the world they're going to face this or that, what's the outcome going to be? You've already got the answer. I'm not saying you're not going to go through some things. It's not going to be hard. It's not going to be difficult. And that your faith is not going to be tested. But you know the end. What's the end? I'm not talking about the very, very end. I'm talking about the end of that circumstance. What's God going to do with that? Hmm? What's God going to do with the worst things that you go through? He's going to glorify himself. He's going to cause it to work together for your good. He's promised that. You're his. To those who love God and are the called according to his purpose, he has promised. These promises in God's word, they're yours. They belong to you. Find them in the Old Testament or the New Testament. It doesn't make any difference. They're yours. I heard recently, I don't know if I mentioned this to you the last time I spoke, but I heard um, that you know Joshua, you know, God said unto him that as he was with Moses. Did I mention this to you all last time I was with you? Did we talk about this? He said, as I was with Moses, what? So also will I be with you. And a friend of mine said, after he read that verse of Scripture, who was that said to? Who was that given to? That was the promise that was given to who? They gave him Joshua, wasn't it? He said, after he read that verse of Scripture, he said, I fear no man. Oh, wait a second. That was Joshua's. No, it's ours. It's ours. You think as he was with Moses that he was going to be with Joshua and not be with you? No, he's going to be with you. You think that whatever the Lord's called you to do, that he's not going to prosper that way that he sent you? He's like, Russell, I want you to go this way. I want you to, you know, this is the direction. Okay. You think he's not going to support that? Not going to prosper that? Not going to support that? You know, absolutely he will. Um, what do we have to fear? 
He says, follow me. Come and follow me. That's what we've got to do. Come and follow him. Be at peace. I'm saying this as much to myself as I am to you. Because something could happen tomorrow and my peace get disturbed. But be at peace. Our God is God of peace. Our God, our God is God of certain, absolutes. You know, it's, it's not maybes. You know, these things are real. They're true. They're firm. You can stand upon them. They're not shaky ground. We we left up there in Midland, brought Rebecca back, and she said the next week she said, they had an earthquake up there. Yeah. We don't stand on shaky ground. Physically, the world may be rocking, you know, but we don't stand on shaky ground. The things that we have, they cannot be stolen. They cannot be removed. They are ours forever in Christ. This peace, it's a lasting peace. It, it may get disturbed, but it's the Spirit who 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 fuels that peace, comes to us and says, like the Lord did to the disciples, right? Why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? (laughs) Can you hear it? Can you hear it in the things that we've gone through? How is it that you're afraid? How is it that you're not exercising faith and saying, well, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring with this situation, but I know this. God's over it all. God's going to overrule it for good. God's going to glorify himself. And that's my desire, and that's what I'm praying for, and that's where I'm going to stand. And I'm not going to be afraid. What did Job say? All those things disappeared. The Lord giveth. Was he at peace? I'm not saying he wasn't sorrowful over his children. I'm certain that he was. But all these things are taken away. What did he say? The Lord giveth. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know what that is if that's not peace. That's peace. Psalm 85, 9 and 10. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. At peace because of righteousness, right? Righteousness and peace have kissed. They've come together, you know, there to where we can have peace because of Christ. We have peace because of his righteousness. And therefore, we fast forward to next time, we rejoice. We joy in the salvation that is, that is in the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. You know, we rejoice in that salvation that is of our God, what God has done, the peace that he has brought, the reconciliation that he has made. Not that he needed to be reconciled with us, but that we needed to be reconciled with him. Yeah. Amen.